Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. Happy Llama 2 Day, folks. It's a big one. A couple of other folks dropped some pretty big news we'll try and share later today, but everything's being overshadowed by the folks at Meta dropping Llama 2. That's our first story. So a little bit about Llama 2, some important pieces about it. If you don't know Llama, Llama is Meta's open source LLM and they've released their second model. If you are an avid fan of AI Daily, you would have known that we predicted that Llama 2 would be commercially available. And it just kind of makes sense. Meta doesn't make their money from large language models. They make their money from serving ads to folks. So it's not surprising that they want to, you know, mess a little bit with competitors who may be thinking that they're going to make their money from LLM. So Llama 2 is Meta's big new addition to the world of Llama. And uh, Connor, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, it's a completely refresh of Llama. And of course, the big thing here is that instead of just being open source and free, it's now open source and free for commercial use. So anyone can go access and get download and get access to it. You have to fill out a form first, but they've been filling them out pretty quickly. A lot of other people on Twitter have access to it. I have access to it now. And even through Azure, you can get it now. You can Zuckerberg posted a picture this morning with Satya from Microsoft, both the CEOs together about their new partnership. Llama 2 is now available through Azure, just like OpenAI is. So that's a pretty big mix up of now you go to Azure, are you going to use big, expensive OpenAI or cheap Llama that you can fine tune for your own use cases? So it, it's a lot more thinking for people now. And like you said, Zuckerberg is making their money off ads. Why do they care? Ethan, why is this, why is this huge news for the AI world? Yeah, well, I mean, what does this mean, right? So we're looking at this pretty much crushes any other current open source model out there. There is no reason, you know, outside of experiments or learning or potential future research, there's no reason for an application developer to go use anything but Llama 2 right now. It's extremely capable. It's pretty much GP 3.5 level. And now it's commercially available, as y'all both mentioned. So this means two things as well. Where is this going to run, right? I think we're going to see a lot of infra providers licking their shops right now. You know, we saw Replicate, like, 20 minutes after, I think, drop an API, you can come test it, you can come run it. Um, a bunch of the other infra providers are licking their chops saying, hey, if this takes a meaningful share of chat GBT usage, right, through other applications or other companies and startups going to build on this, like, where are they going to run this, right? So I think we're going to see a lot of infra providers super happy that this is commercially available now. That's where the real money goes to when you're doing AI inferencing, et cetera. So we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot more experiments and if you're an application developer or you're an actual company or you're an enterprise, like there's real reason to shut off your current GPT 3.5 API and say, we're going to go run this on our own. We're going to fine tune this on our own. We're going to save API costs and we're going to customize it for our own users under our own control without any additional safety measures that OpenAI may add. So I think a real complete shift here for everyone. And that's why 90% of AI Twitter is freaking out this morning. Yeah, this is a seismic shift for, for the whole open source LLM community. And it's going to be interesting to see if this spawns a Cambrian explosion of stuff happening uh, or if people are just going to keep doing what they were doing, but shift over to Llama 2. It is, like we said, uh, the best performing open source model right now. And, you know, if they've got this, if they're making this available right now, it makes you wonder what they've got coming up next. It's uh, watch out GPT-4, maybe. Uh, Maybe knock on your door very quickly. And anything else from you guys to add on this one? 
Yeah, I was going to mention that before this, if you wanted to do something that was commercially available, you'd have your opportunities were really either Falcon 40B or MPT Mosaics 30B at the best. But Llama 2 13B way outperforms those, and they even have Llama 2 70B. So very capable, very strong models. There's a couple limitations, though. I believe some people were digging through the licensing of it, and I think it's 700 million users you can have max before you have to work with Meta. So the real, the real, the real bandwidth log, you know, I'm really scared to hit that limit. <laughs> worried if you get that close to that, it'd be, it'd be a lot of worry there, but yeah. Good news for your 699th million, 999,999th user. Bad news for the next one. Uh, all right, let's move on to another, I think, super awesome story. Neural video editing. This is really powerful stuff. So basically these folks have come up with a way of editing a single frame in a video and applying that edit to an entire video. This is really, really cool stuff. This is, seems like a big leap forward all of a sudden out of nowhere. And, you know, I can't, you know, this is particularly powerful for uh, people who are either beginners or novice or don't have the resources of a major studio that can afford to spend a lot of time and resources editing every frame uh, of a video. This is, imagine a car is driving down a road and you take a little, you know, pen tool and you draw a little line on the road in one single frame. Now the entire video of the car driving down the road understands that there's a line on the road. The car will drive over the line as opposed to the line being on top of the car. You can uh, lay over a texture on the car. So, you know, you could put the picture of a, of a dog's face on one frame uh, of the car. It'll apply that to the whole car driving around. I was pretty blown away by this. Ethan, what did you think? Yeah, so we, we've had optical flow for a while, right? And optical flow was a way to do similar type work and like predict the next frames uh, for an object moving in a video, right? But it was not too effective. Then we saw the progress of control nets being able to replace things in video. We saw segment anything being able to replace things. And I think this neural video editing is like a really nice combination of all those things. And like you said, I mean, it takes a long time to edit every single frame and it takes some real knowledge of Premiere Pro and whatever else After Effects you may be using. So being able to, you know, their examples aren't perfect, but saying, hey, I'm going to attach this little sticker to the side of the car and I just want it to propagate for the next 60 frames. That's really cool, really powerful stuff. And all it needs is, I think, is a little bit of perfection. And you're going to see this embedded in tools. You're going to see people being able to run this. You're going to see independent filmmakers using this on TikTok. And the big studios, I think, are going to start moving towards this way of editing. It's more effective. It's easier. And it's going to look just as good. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, what do you think? Yeah, this is building on neural layered neural editing, which is like the previous iteration of this. But that was not fast enough to this interactively, to do this real time in any way, shape, or form. So this paper, interact, Interactive Neural Video Editing, it's from Adobe. It's from the University of British Columbia. So that collaboration, I'm pretty sure we're going to see this in Premiere, other Adobe products very soon. Yeah, making it interactive makes it a lot more practically useful for a creative who's trying to actually do something with, with the video. It's, uh, you know, it takes it from a, a research world and, and, and it actually puts it into the hands of, of creatives. Uh, powerful stuff. Let's move on to our... Third story here, flash attention to, I feel like this would normally be a pretty, you know, the big story of the day maybe, uh, but on a, on a day with Llama, this uh, somehow seems a little bit less important. Uh, flash attention is a, is, a, is a way of, you know, essentially being more efficient with your GPU usage. 
and breaking down work so that it can be done more efficiently with minimal loss in actual performance. Uh, Connor, can you tell us a little bit more about flash attention too? Yeah, the original flash attention was about four to five times faster than the standard attention implementation that we have in PyTorch. So that already was a huge benefit and pretty much everyone would use it, whether it's through flash attention themselves or through something like Xformers or Triton. Now flash attention too is twice as fast as that. So add that up and you get 10 times as fast as the normal PyTorch implementation. And for any application, any training, any inferencing, being able to run something that's 10 times as fast, 10 times as efficient, a 10th of the price, it's a huge benefit. It's a complete rewrite of the original flash attention. And it really shows that if you just focus and these researchers focus, they can completely rebuild something that's twice as fast that we wouldn't have expected in the past. So I'm excited for future work with H100s, with FP8, and what else we can do. Very cool. Ethan, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, if you look at GPUs right now, you know, we're still operating at, you're only using 60, maybe at the top line, 60% of the flops for a GPU. Like we're not at full efficiency gains at all, even with an A100. And like Connor mentioned, they haven't even really begun working on FP8 and the H100 and some of these new actual hardware developments we're getting out, right? So what does this mean like long-term? I think this is what enables these like longer context windows for video models. This is what enables some of the longer context windows for language models. A lot of the problems people are like running into our engineering solutions for things like flash attention running on the current hardware we have. I think new hardware, of course, is going to accelerate things, but we've have new flash attention too, and we don't even have it really at its full potential for H100. So the gap from where we are now to where we'll be in nine months from now for a lot of these new operators being implemented is massive. So I'm really excited to see this one. Flash attention has been a critical piece to the reason we have the models we have today um, on the GPUs we have today for a reasonable price. So. This is really awesome. Yeah, you're going to get a lot more for what you have here and start getting closer to maxing out what your GPUs can potentially do. It's, it's pretty powerful to see. All right, well, let's move on to the last segment of our show. What are we seeing? I wanted to give a little shout out to the folks at Mosaic. Unless, am I stealing one of your stories here? I was going to give a shout out to the, <laughs> to the folks at Mosaic for uh, dropping their... Uh, latest model with the 8K context window, uh, pretty impressive. Again, maybe getting a little overshadowed by the, the folks at Llama here, uh, but still super impressive to see from the folks at Mosaic. Uh, they made that available today. It's open source as well. Sorry, I didn't click on your uh, URL, Connor. I didn't realize you were going to share this story. No, no, no. I, should, I shouldn't have that. It's available. Oh, you didn't have this one? Okay, great. Well, tell us what you had. Uh, late, our Latent Space, another great AI, AI podcast, if you haven't listened to it. They're amazing. They do some more like spread out content uh, like a week or two, but very in-depth, very good content. They released a Data Sets 101 episode where they really dive into the history and like concepts of data sets and how they work and why they're important. A lot of it is, of course, Common Crawl, as we all joke about on AI Twitter. They really dove into the history of Common Crawl and C4 and the base data set that pretty much every AI model is trained on for about 60% of its corpus. And then they have, they have some other interesting stuff too about like the problems with like deduplication or the problems with like copyright and AI data sets. But amazing episode. I definitely recommend listening to it. We'll link it below. Yeah, it was impressive to see from them. We will have to challenge them to a steel caged uh, deathmatch, uh, a la Zuckerberg and Musk, and see who the AI podcast champions 
I don't know. Maybe I should wait until I see what they look like before I challenge them to a engagement. Ethan, what are you seeing? Uh, yeah, shout out to Langchain. They they dropped this thing called Langsmith, um, which is just a platform for debugging, testing, evaluating, monitoring. Um, you know, I don't think we're we're not the biggest users of Langchain ourselves, but I think I actually probably will be a user of Langsmith. Um, you know, there's a couple different tools out there to monitor stuff. Um, and then you can just use log snag rights and be spitting out logs all the time. But I think a nice interface and a nice way to just see the outputs of your LLM, do some debugging was still needed in the space. The rest were all kind of like half-baked open source projects. So congrats to them. I think it's cool. If you do, yeah, it's do very use Langchain, it implements with it very well. Um, no, they yeah. say it's very funny. Every couple of weeks, we see a new like, oh, Langchain's winning at this, or like LMQL is doing this, or Microsoft Guidance is doing this, and it always switches yeah. back and forth. So, yeah, we need a we need a new Microsoft Guidance story. I feel like it's been a little, little bit since we've heard from them, huh? Microsoft's been a bit busy pissing off OpenAI. What are they even doing over there? <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of AI Daily. We'll see you tomorrow for some more and have a great day, everyone. Peace see you guys. guys.